Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Josie Laver lives on the land in the hilltops region of New South Wales and she has recently released her impressive debut album Ride This Lullaby and I really wanted to talk to her about it so we're going to talk about it. Hi Josie. Hi Sophie. It's great to meet you and I'm semi-obsessed with the album. Uh, Sorry to ask you how you created it. uh, This morning I was actually driving into the sunrise and I had the album on and I just thought wow this is like the really like a perfect road album but at the same time it's an intense mix of experiences and feelings so at one level it's got that cruisy kind of vibe to it but the lyrics yeah. and the way you're singing them um, offer another layer of, of listening if people want it I'm wondering what your intention was for the album when you started creating it if you had one well I I remember when I left academy in um, and by the way, thanks for listening. I'm glad you like it and you're enjoying it. Um, yeah, that makes me really happy hearing that. Um, when when I left Academy, Senior Academy at Tanworth in 2016, I think, I just sort of felt like I was very green and I hadn't lived, I had lived a lot of life, but I hadn't sort of experienced a lot of romance, I suppose, and just a bit more life. So I just sort of, I sort of just, I hung out for a bit and I waited um, until I did go through some like epic experiences with exes and 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 unfortunately like you know some abusive situations and stuff and um, and then that sort of made for the better writing a bit more depth and a bit more age to me and um, and and that's sort of what I wanted to bring out I wanted to bring out a romantic side in me that I have I've got a very I'm an Aries, so I'm very fierce and fiery with love. And sometimes I think people take that the wrong way. Um, and I just wanted the songs to represent that, I suppose. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a it's, funny mix. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it's, you know, it's it's not an intention we hear stated very often romantic romanticism in songs, but, of course, you know, there's a whole romantic period in art from centuries ago, and it was a capital R yeah. romantic, and there were, and it wasn't necessarily about a romantic relationship. But I do feel there's there's an inclination to think that romance is a bit uncool, but yet so yeah. many songs are about love. It's just often, if you listen to the lyrics, they're about a more manipulative form of love than romantic. <laughs> yes. Oh God, we've all been there. I know it's um, and I think that's what Tangled was about when the lyrics kind of came out with that song. I I had originally written it not about a manipulative thing, like it was about my parents and that was um, inspiration for, from John Prine's song In Spite of Ourselves. Um, I kind of like had that swing from that song and like that's how Tangled sort of came out. Um, and then the guy I co-wrote it with, um, Matt Jogiao, um, he kind of, I'd say to everyone, he kind of turned it into a dirty love song. So, and, and it kind of was representative to, you know, an experience I'd had with the guy. And um, so it, it really, like some songs are made up, you know, with people, they just sort of come from the sky. And, um, but a lot of my songs have a lot of stuff behind them. But at the same time, I do sometimes listen to them and just switch off and enjoy the 
the music that we all created. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is yeah. highly enjoyable. There's a couple of things I wanted to want to go back to out of what you said. So I'll be slightly out of order, but uh, first okay. up is the Academy, going to the Academy in 2016. So you said you were a bit green at the time, but you obviously were at a certain stage yeah. to go because yeah. you can't just rock up to the Academy as a complete newcomer. No. So the story, the backstory of that was um, I had gotten home. I was probably home for two, two years maybe. And, and I was like, you know, being out here does have its lonely factors. And um, I'd sold the horses. I'd had injuries from riding. I was a pretty serious horse rider. Um, people were kind of like, how do you do so many things? And I was like, look, I didn't really have a normal life I was on the road with horses and I never had that social teenage party kind of life and um that's the life I led and I was so determined I wanted to go to the Olympics and and then you know that ended and I didn't really see that coming as a like 17 18 year old and then I literally sold all my gear I just had this snap decision and I sold it all and I went uh to the guitar shop and I bought um, a Gibson Hummingbird and um, and then I bought my Gretsch Chet Atkins and yeah some pretty nice guitars but I you know I had money from the horses that I'd sold and and I'd always known to work I guess as a young kid and and then I applied for Academy and I was so shy like I couldn't sing in front of anyone I was nervous I had to go and record a song to get into um, Academy because they wouldn't accept like a home video and whatever. And um, then the, the only reason why I got in was Kevin Bennett, I think. Like I think the panel thought I was too green, which I was, but KB because of my musical influence and my taste and the, the artist I was into is like, no, no, this girl's got something. So I feel like I have him to thank um, and Carl Brody um, for for me like continuing on because they sort of had faith in me and I crumbled like when I got to academy I I was so nervous I couldn't sing in front of anyone I just everyone felt sorry for me I think (laughs) and um and then obviously in that two-week period like the likes of Lynn Botel and she still mentors me today um they just all built my confidence and and then I walked away from that wanting to go out and sing. So I became a cover artist um, as I didn't also, again, I didn't feel confident in my songwriting and and I just obviously didn't work on it. And then like as life happened, a lot more feelings just had to get pushed out of me. Um, and that's how those songs, and I feel like as I grow more, um, the, the better the songs will be, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. So at the point at which you sold your horses and your gear and bought those two excellent guitars, yeah. had you had any musical training at all to that point? Oh, yeah. I Before the horses, um, I actually was right into music. I was into dressing up. I was, like, love singing Casey Chambers. Um, and what was the other song I sang? Um, A Thousand Miles. Um, that song, Vanessa, what's her name? Um, oh. Anyway. But those, yeah, making my way downtown. <laughs> oh, no, <that's> so <laughs> no, I think you put us her last name. It's stuck, yeah. I'm stuck on it as well. Anyway, we'll come to us later. And um, 
that song and Casey Chambers. So as a so I was seven or eight, I um my singing teacher at the time, Laurel Nosworthy, she um put a band together for me and I sung at the end of year school presentation. Just a hundred people in the hall. I don't know how I did it, but I had this big long fur coat and um I think my sisters used to do my makeup and I was really into the music before the horses and um right. and I learned basic guitar. I um I tell everyone mum bought me this um, Yamaha, that, that big sort of Yamaha, big bodied guitar, and um, it was bigger than me basically. So I learnt all the basic chords off the next door neighbour. She um, was musical PA and um, and so she also helped me and uh, Laurel taught me a tiny bit of piano, but again I'm self-taught with that and because I was so rusty coming back, into that from the horses, I um I pulled out the Yamaha guitar before I bought any other guitars and I broke all the strings. I was like, boing, and, <laughs> and broke all the strings. And I went over to my local music shop in Young, um, Michael, and he he always is there to help me. So he helped me like restring it and showed me the way a bit. And um and I just used to sit in my room and practice at home. Um, because again, because I was that different sort of person, I sort of, I really, and I still don't fit in with that um, ag crowd, like the, the farmers, even though I'm on a farm and working, I don't like socialise with them a lot. Um, and sometimes people don't know how to take me um, because I've got that arty kind of flair. Mm-hmm. Um, so smaller towns and communities find me a bit weird. <laughs> Um, but a lot of people at the same time do embrace me and do um, find inspiration behind me and they look to that. But um, so I used to sit in my room a lot because I was still by then a nerd and I, you know, wouldn't go to parties and didn't know anything about boys because I had spent so much time focused on horses into all my teens. And, um, and then, yeah, like I was even shy I, I couldn't even sing in front of my own parents. Um, <laughs> it was so funny. Like, I don't know if there's a more bashful person than that. <laughs> but, clearly, um, eventually you had to come out, yeah. Well, yeah, or you, you find a vehicle for it. Um, and yeah. my next question is going to be about Matt Joe Gal, but I just wanted to make the observation that when you ride as much as you do, um, yeah, the horse is a collaborator, right? Like if the two of you are in it together and you, yeah. you have to be really intuitive about your relationship with the horse. Because mm, I remember it's, it's, someone who yeah. rode a lot once saying to me, you're literally sitting on their spine. So they, yeah. they are, that's why they're so sensitive to what the rider's <laughs> doing. And when I was yeah. told that, I thought, wow, like, yeah, if it's all sitting on my back, yeah. I'd be doing that as well. So yeah, you'd be like feeling everything. Yeah. Yeah. So that intense relationship you have with horses to be able to do events or, or whether you're an eventer or a show jumper, whatever you were doing, it's a lot. It's very physical and it's collaborative, yeah. as I said, which then leads me to talk about Matt Joe Gale, who is your collaborator. Matt, Matt may not appreciate being compared to a horse, but um, that's all right. <laughs> but um, and I was just thinking as you were talking about writing, and and then I thought, well, you've collaborated with him on this album. He's he's co-written some of it. He's produced it. So that's that's a, that's a strong relationship. So how did you come to work with him? 
So I um so the album was co-produced with him and another guy called Andrew Pollock. Um mm-hmm. and I think they've always worked closely together. It was really strange how it happened. We met um via like correspondence, you know, online and I I'd planned to meet him um, at a South Coast gig that he had, but everything kind of got called off because of COVID. Mm. And and then he, I don't know, I think he probably needed it because he was in lockdown in an apartment in Melbourne and, um, and I was here. And so I guess like he kind of utilised me in that way and then I utilised him in that way. And, and we also had similar tastes. Um, and and we sort of like met like to like in the middle I suppose and we and we wrote and we had similar kind of interests and so did Andrew Pollock and I think that's the only reason why they took me on is because um, they liked my sound and they liked what I wrote I think Tangled was the first song I sent them and they were like, wow, that's like really a strong song. Like you got there and um, all the lyrics were strong. And but melodically, I was still really green. And um, I suppose I still end with the range in them. So um, some he wrote more in others and others he just um, simply like helped me arrange them, I suppose. And um, and yeah, it was a really strong, intense, <laughs> like working relationship that we had, and especially being online and um, and and like it was all email. And because I was so shy about um, sending him songs as well, I used to send him a song and then run out in the door and be like, "Oh God, he's gonna like fucking hate it or whatever." <laughs> Um, and, you know, some were rubbish and, and some were good. I think Sugarcoated Lies, originally it didn't make it on there straight away. He's like, yeah, it's all right. And, but then he came back to it and he's like, actually, it's, like, pretty good. And I was like, well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and, and two songs on there are his, um, Time to Heal and Love Me Still. Um, because I, you know, I had more material, but like, it was all kind of a bit rushed. It probably didn't, it wasn't, when I look at other people producing albums, they do take a fair bit more time. And I think like we were pushing it, um, to get it all kind of rocking and rolling, um, out of lockdown kind of thing. So in hindsight, I probably would have spent more time on the album, but I think it's a very short and sweet kind of 10 songs and it gives you a good, like punchy flavor um and I did say to him like with um dandelion white I was like I want it Fleetwood Mac vibes um kind of thing and and that's what like we all gave basically and there was a lot of like pre-pro studio work and we do that via correspondence and you know so I worked hard before and it was all kind of yeah when I look at it it's like shit like you know that was (laughs) like we pulled that off (laughs) yeah and, um, out of lockdown and, yeah yeah and and I went down there in November so we did all that from oh it was from like July to November 2021 and then I went down there in November 2021 I'd never driven in Melbourne before never gone down there um so it was all a bit like holy shit <laughs> and and um and then what else happened oh I had I went had antibiotics I was um suffering from really bad sinusitis and um like a week a week and a bit out and I ran into the 
doctors and I was like I'm losing my voice and I've got to record in a week like you know holy dooly like I I don't know if I can do this and um so I was on antibiotics and when when we were recording and I took vodka into the studio because I was nervous again (laughs) I was like oh you know I'm so nervous doing it and um and, you know, they were, Andy was good. Like he was, you know, it's like, it's okay. I just calm down. <laughs> um, but yeah, we did it in like two, two half days, I think. Yeah. And we like knocked it all out and, um, or we might've done one more song earlier in the year. And then, yeah, we just sort of got it on the road. Tangled was the first one. We sort of thought, well, we're sacrificing a good song as the first because I'm absolutely nobody um so but it was a very good song to kind of put out there first we thought so right. yeah what yeah. did you think you thought of it that way sacrificing it because yeah. like, as you're releasing it because you thought that the first single might go nowhere and not be heard yeah 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 I think so um but just because I have absolutely no traction in the world and I was this new person and and we decided on I think we were deciding on Tangled or um dandelion white but I think um we'd all thought that Tangled was a bit like ooh, you know like who's she like what's this song <laughs> um that kind of thing and that's what we the sort of reaction that we wanted um well that's the reaction I had when I heard it because I'm oh. thinking oh this is really interesting Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah it's good <laughs> oh, well, yeah. yes so you've mentioned Casey Chambers, John Prime, Fleetwood Mac as some influences. Who, who yeah. do, are your musical influences now different to what they were, say, when you bought those guitars? Look, I I still have admiration for those people. I still love their music, and I always will. But I do think I am um, changing with um, where I want to go. I'll still have the country flair, but I've got a lot of um, like soul um kind of in me and I kind of it's almost like a Chris Stapleton kind of a vibe and I really want that to come out in my next album you know I really want to get punchy with that and um and explore that kind of sound as well um so I think yeah and I still I've got uh, I've got lots of artists I like it's like Nora Jones, Eva Cassidy was some of my like you know, favourites, um, Bonnie Raitt, um, who's another one I've been listening to, like Chris Isaac, um, mm-hmm. Linda Ronstadt, and even like um, Coco Taylor. Um, she's another one I listen to. Um, so there's all sorts of like real soul, bluesy kind of artists that I really love and admire. And I think my voice, like I'd be um, honouring my voice if I kind of went that way a bit more and tried to like show show more of my range and and work on that I reckon yeah Mm -hmm. so it's interesting going from you know when you went to the academy and feeling like you couldn't sing in front of people you're now obviously (laughs) developing quite a sense of what your voice is yeah yeah and it's um I know where I want to be you know I want to be I recently met um a chick called Queenie and I saw her at Tamworth and she's this um, amazing <laughs> redhead like artist. She's this amazing huge voice and when she performs everyone's just like eyes on her and glued to her and, and she's just owns the whole stage and, and really owns it with her voice and, and I think that that's the place where I want to go 
rather than hiding behind a guitar forever. Um, I'd love to kind of, you know, be that, you know, real punchy, like, whoa, you know, (laughs) showstopper, I guess. Um, But also, yeah, kind of explore and, yeah, just keep, keep building, I guess. Yeah. And meanwhile, the guitar can be, you know, the vehicle to help you get to that point. Oh, I guess if you're comfortable yeah. with a guitar, then yeah. do it. Yeah, definitely. And I've taken on harmonica lately too. So that's oh. kind of quite funny. <laughs> and I love it. I'll just keep playing it. And they're like, wow, is that new? My cousins came to see me last night um, perform at the Yaz Bar in Yas. And um they were like, have you been doing that long? And I was like, oh, no, not really. I just picked it up and I love playing it. <laughs> yeah. So do you play a few shows locally? Yeah, yeah. I um, I did Cow on Friday night and then I did um, Yas and Yas Bar just last night. So I'll do some cover gigs and that kind of, that helps cover costs of other things as well as my other job on the farm um so I'm trying to get money together just to do the CDs and it's I've gone in it in such a like weird fashion like I know you don't you're not meant to like release the CDs like like four months after the release date but it's just how it happens and you know just life happens sometimes and um so yeah that and I've got some band gigs coming up in Sydney in April I'll release the date soon and Melbourne I've got one down there so that's exciting for me because I've never played I played with a band once um at Academy and that and when I was younger but you know I'm going to be quite nervous stepping into a band with these songs but at the same time I know I'm gonna have a lot of fun um Mm. but it'll cost me (laughs) so (laughs) so the cover gigs like you know cost like pay for all that I suppose yeah, right. Yeah. So the, is the band drawn from people you know in the local areas? I'm thinking of the ease of rehearsing. No, no, I sort of, I don't know enough people around here that would probably be into my songs. Um, so they're actually people that I've met through Tamworth um, mm. and, you know, who are in the industry and playing for good people, good country artists and mm. um, stuff like that. Um, Melbourne-based, Sydney-based, um, Sydney is CK in the 45s, so I'm excited to play with them. And um, I met them through Aretha, Mother Hen Touring at Tamworth. Um, yeah, I'm thankful for her and what she's done for me so far because it's it's been really good networking in that way. Um, because when I get back out here, like, there's no one to network with and jam with. So I, um, yeah, so that's that. And then Melbourne, I know a few people down there, which is good too. Yeah, so hopefully it'll pull off. <laughs> yeah, because logistically it is a challenge when you live on the land yeah. and you're not near a major yeah. city. But talking about being on the land, you do have, have demanding work. I mean, working on a property, is it's full on, it's exhausting, it's very long hours. But I'm wondering if that exhaustion actually creates a vacuum which creativity can fill, if that makes sense. So you're like your your working day is just so not music. It's it's yeah. very, very present in what you're doing. You can't keep, take your eye off animals, for example. No. Uh, you had on your social media recently there have been lightning strikes and fires around where you are, so there's a lot that's yeah. going on. So do you find when you get home, like it's just music is a bit of a balance to that, I guess? It is, yeah. I um, It's definitely taken over my life and people are like, so what are you doing 
this weekend I'm like, well, I've, I've got all these emails to send and this to do and that to do. And so I do get home and sometimes I'm buggered and I'm like, oh, I just need to lay down. But um, but it definitely helps me switch off from the farm and um, it's given me like a purpose, I suppose. And, and the farm, you know, does give me a purpose, but in terms of trying to get together with um, people and and collaborations and stuff um music has definitely always seems to save me or it comes back to to haunt me (laughs) like um yeah but you know in a good way it um I just think that I was talking to a person and they were like oh music chooses you and I was like yeah because you know this happened that happened and it just came back and it came back again they're like yeah well you know you can't hide from it you've got to you've got to own it and do it and um and yeah, I enjoyed it kind of, it's good. I think um, it's good healing work for me, it, writing. Um, so, you know, you're blowing off steam, um, you're writing, you're creating, you're singing. And sometimes I think, I hope it heals other people like my voice. And I think it it, it may because um, I, I see people um, out at a venue and they're all, you know, a bit like anxious. And then, and then when they leave, they're nice and calm. <laughs> sleepy sometimes <laughs> yeah <so>. <laughs> that's <laughs> rewarding it must be so yeah. rewarding when that happens yeah it's nice I, I like it and I think that's why I do it um so yeah it's good yeah fantastic yeah. well it's, I had you talking for it's, a while I just realized you probably had had a strenuous day already um I'm excited no. to hear- <laughs> <laughs> just washing I've just been catching up on washing as mum and I were saying when you go to a fire um it, your house looks like a bomb's hit it because you just leave everything as it is and everything's a mess and you're in and out and you're busy and you're not sleeping and um so I was literally just washing doing washing today and getting bored out of my brains but I was like <laughs> I must do this or I won't get it done <laughs> <laughs> well it's good to wash the clothes it's good to wash the smell of smoke out of the clothes I'm sure yes yeah. Um, but I'm excited to hear you coming to Sydney, which is great. And um, hopefully yeah. the dates will be on your social media and website soon. Yeah, for those no, they will be. I'm just getting it all together um, and I'll, like, release the dates probably in the next week, I reckon, in a poster because we're already in March almost, aren't we? Like, yeah. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way about the year. But in the meantime, people can listen to Ride This Lullaby. It's a really great album. I, as I said, when I first heard Tangled, I thought, ooh, this is different. It's interesting. It's compelling. And then each single you released has been different to that one, but also compelling. So um, it's a great collection of songs. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Great to talk to yeah, you. Yeah, no, every, everyone can hear it um, across anything. There's so many um, different streaming places you can go I've lost track of you know there's like Tidal and Amazon and SoundCloud and um, but the main ones are Spotify and Apple um, to me anyway and there's Vivo I've got my Vivo channel I've got five videos up there now that I created with the album yeah I think we're going to try and premiere Honeymoon video again I kind of went about that in an odd fashion where I released a single and I had no video but I've got the video but it's all uploaded so you can have a little Josie watching time and <laughs> and watch all the videos um I, I love them all so yeah 
And I, I honestly, I think these days it's a, it seems to be quite common to release a video quite a bit after the single. So I think you're you're absolutely yeah, fine there. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, Josie, yes, people can go and watch you. They can listen to you and the album is Ride This Lullaby and it was great to talk to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sophie. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.